Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Sorry. <laughs> We've made it. We didn't kill each other. We didn't, I didn't kill Mark Zare. We didn't kill our cats or our kids. We made it. Hello to all you onlineers. We love you. How are you going with Christmas stress? One to ten. Put it in the um, conversation and have a chat amongst yourselves. Well, I am, i got to admit, I'm a bit COVID weary. Who's COVID weary? Who's COVID excited? <laughs> What's the opposite of weary? I don't know. I just... Uh thought today I'm a little bit, this week I'm a bit COVID weary, weary of case numbers, restrictions, navigating the church. I want to just say this, you've been so good, you've been really mature church this year, respecting one another, so I want want you to keep respecting one another. Some people wear masks, that's fine, some others don't because we don't have to wear them now. Let's just keep respecting one another. All right. Um, I want to thank Manor House. There's a photo going up there. Manor House team, this week they fed 267 people. Uh, They're like the ever-ready bunny. It's like even if a nuclear war broke out, they would keep serving our community. One local told them this week that she would have starved to death if it hadn't been for Manor House. So they're a great team. But I want to shout out and thank all the teams all our life group leaders, all our volunteers. You know, the church isn't a business. It's actually run by volunteers. And without volunteers, we couldn't have church. I want to thank you all for your financial giving and your volunteerism this year. I really, really appreciate it. Well, last week I went hiking up in the Barrington Mountain. There's a photo coming up there. And National Park, the road was closed because there's been so much rain. So I decided road closers don't put me off at all. I just park the car and off I go walking up in that wilderness. Anyway, I'd walked 19 k's. I had four k's to go and I looked, I heard a peculiar noise. I thought, what is this noise up in these mountains? I looked behind me and there was a white Mercedes driving on rims. And I thought to myself, what nut job from Taramara because who drives white Mercedes that people from Taramara, is on the, this road in Barrington. And anyway, they wound down their window, and it wasn't a nut job from um, Taramara, it was a nut job from the entrance. And a young couple, and he said, we, had, we smashed our car. And they said, how far do we can get a signal? How far do we, can we walk out till we get a signal? And I'm thinking... You've got to walk miles, buddy. <laughs> Girlfriend next to him that didn't talk at all. And I said, I will give you a lift. Said it before I thought about it, Chaz Faith. I said, we've got about four k's to walk out and then I can give you a lift till we find a signal. They pulled up in front of me and I noticed something very peculiar. No number plate. Head thought, I think this car could be stolen. Get out of the car, they've got a 10-week American staffy, completely triggered because I was attacked by an American staffy this year. Um, they didn't talk, they were grunters. You know how some people don't talk, they just grunt, where are you from? And I uh, thought so I had to walk four k's with them, trying to remind myself that I was a Christian. Anyway, I thought to myself, 
are these people stabbers? I don't know what stabbers look like. I really wanted to ring Mark and say, what do people who stab you look like? Have they got a particular look? Do they grunt or do they talk? Do they come from the entrance? Uh, anyway, I couldn't ring Mark because there was no signal. So for 4Ks, I'm just trying to make conversation and this little puppy. Anyway, we get to my car and I thought to myself, I will ask one to sit in the front and one to sit in the back because at least if they go me, I can do something. I don't know what, but at least there'd only be one behind me. Anyway, this guy gets in the back of the car and as he gets in the back of the car, he goes, sorry to put mud on your carpet and everything changed. I thought people who stab you don't worry about carpet. Everything started to look up. And you have heard that phrase, everything is starting to look up. It means that the situation is improving, problems are reducing, your opportunities of living are increasing, and you might live to tell a story. In the Bible, there is a phrase that is used over and over, and it says, lift up. It's one way of saying, get your eyes off your circumstances, yourself, your problems, and onto God. Not, it's not talking about our physical eyes. It's talking about your inside eyes. We all have inside eyes. We have spiritual eyes. It's what you see on the inside. 2 Corinthians 4 says this. Paul says this. Therefore, we do not lose heart, Macquarie. We fix our eyes on, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, only for a season. But what is unseen is eternal. It is perpetual. The Greek word for fix is skoponton, which means regard attentively, to take aim at. Paul is saying this, church. He's saying if you want to stay encouraged and not discouraged, if you want to keep hope in your heart, you have to take aim like an archer at things that are eternal, at God, and fix your eyes on things that you can't see. Recently, I watched a documentary called 14 Peaks. The film follows a Nepalese mountaineer called Nirmal Puja. Can't announce it properly, but that's okay. Um, and his team, and they attempt to climb all 14, 8,000 peaks, which includes Everest, within a record number time of seven months. Previous record was seven years, so what, seven months. That's my only prep that I do for my 23K hike. I just watched a documentary, Carol. <laughs> Works really well. Anyway, it's an impossible task, but these guys, guys do it. And it says this quote at the end. I love this quote. Ask yourself, do you really want this from your heart? Is it for the glory or is it for something bigger? We can only keep going, I think, in life and faith, and in what God has put in your heart, if you are doing it for something bigger. So what do you see in your inside eyes? Spiritually, what do you see? You all see something. Paul is saying, don't look at the world, because what you take aim at, you live out of. These mountain climbers, they were looking at the mountain, but they were doing it for something bigger. So what you take aim at and what you focus on, you will live out. And let me tell you, it will determine your future. A 
couple of days ago, the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, be Christ-focused, not COVID-focused. So the world is COVID-focused. But this scripture tells us that COVID will pass away. Praise God. Um, so be Christ-focused. Don't even be Christmas-focused. We do all those, those things with our hands and feet, but we're Christ-focused on the inside. The title of the message today is Look Up, Don't Give Up. Who wanted to give up this year? Good. I'm the only one in the room, me and Craig Davo. Thank you, Craig Davo. <clears throat> God said, lift up your eyes to some famous people. He said it to Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Isaiah. Jesus said it to his follow followers. Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Christ about looking up. Isaiah gives us a great CV of God. You thought Elon Musk had a good CV, but it's nothing compared to God. He talks about how God's enthroned above the earth. All the things that Ralph talked about, that people are like grasshoppers. He weighs the islands like fine dust. He brings princes to nothing. And this is what it says in Isaiah 40. Isaiah is saying to us, to whom, God says to us, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them, billions of them, trillions of them by name. He's got it. He's got you. He's got your future. Isaiah is saying we need to look up. And when we look up and see the bigness and the greatness of God, our problems will shrink. So I don't know what problems you are facing this Christmas. I don't know the burdens you're carrying, the grief, fear, anxiety, confusion. I don't know what situation your family is in. But I do know this, that if you look up, you will not give up. We need to do the same thing that Mary, Joseph, the shepherds and wise men did the very first Christmas. That first Christmas was a tough Christmas. I know some Christmases we sit on a beautiful rug and drink wine and listen to Silent Night, but that first Christmas wasn't like that. So let's do a review. How did they feel? How did these cast of characters feel over 2,000 years ago? Well, let's go for Mary first. An angel first appeared to her to tell she was going to have a baby. She had a 1,000 questions. What? How? Why me? When? When? Who will believe me? What will I tell my fiancé, my friends, my parents? Luke 1 says this, And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Good start. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So at first when the angel appeared, basically she was freaked out. The Greek word for trouble is diatarik and it means confused, deeply disturbed, agitated, as you would be. What about Joseph? How did he cope with Mary's explanation? Hey Joseph, I'm having a baby. God is the father. If I'd tried that one on Mark's there 30 years ago, it wouldn't have gone down well. It was bad enough when he asked me to be his girlfriend and I said, I've just got to finish off one date with Jeff. <laughs> Who thinks I should have finished off the date? <laughs> Dale, nobody. You were right. <laughs> Don't worry, Jeff married a great girl. He's got a great farm on Summersby, down at Summersby. All right, 
just in case you were worried. But Joseph was brokenhearted. He felt betrayed. Joseph felt cheated to, lied to. What was going on? What was he going to tell his mates? Hey, my girlfriend's pregnant and God is the father. Oh, yeah, Joe. Good one. Matthew 1.19 says this, Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to, faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So he was going to divorce her quietly and move on. The shepherds, Luke 2 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Shepherds, they were freaked out. The Greek word for ephobithesum, uh, terrified, is where we get our word phobia from. They were petrified. But full marks, I thought, to God's announcement. You know when they have babies now and they do it on social media and they do these great things? How good would... It's a shame social media wasn't out. It would have been a great post, angels in the sky. And the last one, the wise men, Matthew 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. Who were they, these three wise men? Well, first of all, it doesn't say there were three. It said they gave three gifts, but it doesn't say there were three. They were royal advisors from Babylon, Iraq or Iran. They were scientists, educated people, wealthy, astronomers, studied literature, maths. They were academics, advisors to the king, opposite to the shepherds who were stinky and poor. Uh, they say that they had travelled for 2,000 k's. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on a camel ride. I've been on a camel ride for about three hours and I get off walking like this. But they had walked for 2,000 k's on camels through treacherous terrain, through perilous terrain, hot, sweaty. Uh, they would have actually been exhausted two or three months. So there was, you know, Michael Bublé wasn't around there singing I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas as they were travelling through the desert. It wasn't snowy back then at all, that Christmas. Um, so they were exhausted. So let's review our cast of characters. They were confused. They were worried. They were brokenhearted. They were fearful. They had a sense of betrayal and they were exhausted. And at one point, every one of them felt like giving up. Have you felt like any of those emotions this year? I'm sure you have. Uh, this year, I think, has been one of the hardest we've been through. The pandemic. There's been loneliness, disappointment, grief, mental health issues. Um, some have lost loved ones, anger, fear, division. So this Christmas story is actually very relevant to this Christmas 2,000 years later. The key was, church, they all looked up. They all had a look-up moment, a beach moment, like Ralph talked about. And that's why they didn't quit. Here's a sobering reality. Many people quit. Not many people finish well. Remember, it doesn't matter how you start. It's all about how you finish. In an age of entitlement, and immediacy, and amidst the noise of this world, social media, loud opinions, 
our vision can be obscured. So church, be intentional. And God wants to do a little focus adjustment today to make sure with our inside eyes that we are taking aim at him and at the eternal. So let's see what happened to these four. Everything changed for Mary when she changed her focus, when she heard what the angel had to say. So first of all, she is focused on an unplanned pregnancy, gossip, rumours, rejection by family, wedding plans in disarray. And then she looked up and she heard what the angel was saying to her. And she realised that this wasn't the end of the story, it was the beginning of a much greater story. Luke 1 says this, so the angel comes and tells her what's going to happen. You're going to have a son, he will save his people from the sins. And this is her response. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. And then the scripture says she goes, it's a beautiful, magnificent. She does this beautiful psalm. And let me tell you, very interesting. This psalm that she sings, these words that she's singing, she hasn't got the words there. It comes out of her mouth. In her heart, she has stored up the promises of God. To look to God is to pay attention to what he is saying. So when I am saying look up to God, it is remembering and hearing what he is saying. Remember, you're a kid, you're in trouble, and your parents saying, look at me, look at me. <laughs> and when you do that, you tell your kid something. It's the same with God. Look up. I want to speak to you. And when you hear God's words, everything changes. When you hear from God, your perspective changes and you no longer see obstacles and challenges. You hear and see at a different level because when you hear from God, it takes you into the realm of faith. And God has called us to live by faith, not by sight. Um, you know, I have a promise folder. It doesn't look posh. I needed you to type it all up, Kaz. <laughs> but I just wanted to tell you this. You are not wise if you haven't got a place that you can go to and strengthen yourself in God. And to who else will you go to? Who else has the words of eternal life? Only him. And you align with him and you come into a different perspective. You start to live above the noise. So this is my promise folder. And I keep it where I have my prayer time. And now and again, I just open it and I go through all the promises. And you know, this week, Mark gave me a promise. That little piece of paper. So have something you can go to. Be wise. Because guess what? This is me taking aim at the eternal things. And if you quit, if we quit... The things that God has talked to you about, the things that God wants you to fulfill, you will not fulfill because you have to align with him. You have to agree with him, positions you to fulfill what God has got for you. Okay, next one, Joseph. Joseph also looked up. Matthew 1 says this, but after he had considered leaving her, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name of Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. 
When Joseph looked up, heard the angel speak, heard God speak, he changed his focus. He was in pain and he changed his focus from pain to purpose. And let me just say this. In every pain, there is purpose. And we need to be people that live beyond the pain. Pain is all-consuming. Physical pain, emotional pain. I know it is all-consuming. But for Ros there, the only way out of pain is to look up and think there's purpose in it. You know, it's very interesting. In life, you can only grow according to your pain threshold. You will only grow according to your pain threshold. It's the same as, as living out and fulfilling what God has for you. It's according to your pain threshold, your mental pain threshold, your social pain threshold, your emotional pain threshold. So every year, for me this year has been a great year to increase our pain threshold. Yes, it is painful, but don't quit. Joseph didn't quit. Christ didn't quit. Don't quit because of the pain. Process, grow your capacity, and God can give you more. Don't let your pain threshold limit you. Everything changed for the shepherds when they looked up. They were focused on protecting their sheep from predators, but the angel did a light show. They calmed down when they heard the angels speak. Luke 1 says this, Do not be afraid. That's what they said to all of these guys. Suddenly a company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned. Listen to this. They were petrified. They returned after receiving seeing Christ, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. So something happened when they saw Christ. Something happens when we look up. An exchange takes place. They let go of fear and they got courage. And you know, for you and me, when we have an exchange with God, when we have a beach moment, when we have a look up moment, an exchange happens. We get comforted instead of lonely. We get courage instead of fear. We remember that we're righteous instead of inadequate. We remember that we're he's sufficient instead of our inadequacy. Instead of self-hate, we remember that we are deeply loved. Regularly, we need an exchange at the throne of God. And the last one, and I'll get the musos to come, is the wise men. When they met Jesus, so they'd been looking up all along. They'd been following the star. The whole journey had led them to Jerusalem, King Herod, and then to Bethlehem. This is what it says in Matthew 2, 9. Instructed by the king, they set off, and then the star appeared again, and the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child, and they could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. You are in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. You are in the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome. How beautiful is this? Overcome. 
I mean, they'd seen so many magnificent things in their life. They'd been advisor to the king. But when they saw this baby, they were overcome. They kneeled and worshipped him because the stable floor equaled everybody. They opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense and myrrh. And all the fatigue and tiredness and the sore backside evaporated when they saw Christ. And I want to finish with this and then I'm going to pray for you. Beautiful expression here. Worship, they worshipped him. It simply means expressing your love for God. That's what they did. And the journey had done its work. The journey had done its work because they came to Christ and they took out gold. They took out their hidden treasure and they gave it to Christ. And that's what journeys do. That's what long, tough journeys do. They sift you. You take off what's important. You process life. And all that you've got left when you come to Christ is you. There's no more pretense. The journey, the journey, the three-month journey had done them. They had nothing left except the real them. And, you know, when, even when I go hiking, Mark said, how long are you going to walk for? And I said, I don't know. I just walk till I find me again. Because <laughs> years and things and this and life puts so much on us, doesn't it? expectation and roles you're a pastor you're a mother you're a wife you just want to get rid of all that all that and be you and that's what the hike does it remind I find me again and I think that's what this year has done for many of us you found you again that's what crisis does. It's a really good process. That's what any long journey does. Sticking at a long marriage. Finishing a uni degree. Finishing what God has put in front of you. He's not impressed with anything else. He just wants that hidden treasure of your heart. I want you to stand up. I'm going to pray a prayer. And we might have time to sing that song, Johnny, do you think? You can just lead us. I want to finish with this beautiful scripture out of Psalm 3. It says this, Psalm 3, verse 3. But in the depths of my heart, I truly know that you, this is a prayer from us, I truly know that you, Yahweh, have become my shield. You take me and surround me with yourself. Your glory covers me continually. You lift my head. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want to speak those words off you. Because I don't know where you are at emotionally this morning. Whether you're in grief or shame or there's condemnation. But I want you to put off every single lie. Because this scripture is saying that he is your glory. He is your shield. I don't care what's happened. I don't care what your past has been. Because all of this, this is the stable floor. <laughs> we are all equal. We are all in Christ. None of us are bringing our own righteousness. We are standing in his glory and it's 
all of that for you. And it's within you and it's around you. And this morning he says, lift up your head. I am your shield. So as Johnny sings this song to us, I want you to do whatever. Lift up your eyes. Look into his eyes. Let him speak. Do an exchange. Let go. Remind yourself of the promise. Holy Spirit, come. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.